Welcome, everyone, to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode number eight. We're going to be joining you every week to talk IT career, news, and opinions based, of course, on our points of view. I'm your host, John White, at VJourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, as always, Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Man, I'm doing great, John. We are all well here. We've recovered from the quarantine. Oh, nice. Yeah, there was a nasty flu bug. Only my daughter got it, and knock on wood, my wife and I did not. But I digress. I just want to make sure everybody knows that we're both VMware systems engineers, and our topics are definitely going to have a data center slant. Hopefully our career discussions will be relevant across disciplines and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Excellent. That that entry is definitely growing on me. Eight episodes in, I'm like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. It's like it was the only thing we had to come up with. Literally the only thing. <laughs> It's good though. I think it's going to work out well. Nice. I mean, we're we're iterating nicely. <laughs> Somebody is going to come up with Nerd Journey Bingo. I swear it. <laughs> and I only say that because it's something that I would do. Mm. So, hey, it's not out of the realm of possibility if it's something you would do. <laughs> Maybe wait for like episode fifty or hundred and then release the bingo game. There you go. I I think it's uh something that you can only really do legitimately if you're a listener not part of the uh the production team yeah good point good point okay yeah, yeah. well i won't admit to being a listener then <laughs> all right let's get to uh content uh for this week we're going to be talking um leading off with uh, questionable linkedin content uh there is an article from uh financial times Dot com, which unfortunately seems to be behind a paywall. Um, I think that we can help you get there by just opening a uh, private browser window. But uh, if that doesn't work for you, maybe try one of the uh, ft.com uh, trials or something. It was, it was worth reading. Pretty interesting. Um, we also have a segment on uh, raising your impact radius. I think that's something that Sag Chad Sackage uh uh, called it, uh, or investing in becoming a thought leader and, uh, the kind of the whys and hows of, 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 of doing that. We're going to dive immediately into our first topic then, you know, this, uh, financial times article, again, we're going to put the link in the show notes. It was, uh, the title, let me pull that up, you know, very, very catchy. It didn't have a number in it, which is Nick's, uh, pet peeve um so i don't immediately think it might be rubbish <laughs> but it was from the financial times so british uh and correct use of uh rubbish how mba students make the most of linkedin so do we need to do this in british accents to make it definitely fit, right? definitely not that is oh, okay. we should not do that try that on a future episode then <laughs> And, you know, worst, worst, uh, nerd, uh, cliche is to try to do Scottish accents. We shouldn't do that either. So we'll hold back, hold back. Um, so yeah, the whole, the whole 
I think uh, thesis of this um, of this article was that hey, you know, MBA students have this uh, you know urgent need to find uh, high paying jobs and and pay off the investment you know of you know up to six figures of debt that they put into getting an MBA. So you know, as such, like these uh, MBA programs, and specifically, I think they seem to be calling out the one at. Uh, the, at USC, the University of Southern California, now that's not South Carolina, their business school. Um, so they, you know, have this need to help their students supercharge this, uh, this job search. And, um, you know, we're career focused here at the Nerd Journey podcast, not necessarily about changing jobs, but that's can certainly be part of a, a career journey. Um, so, you know, they have some, you know, pieces of advice, we're going to be diving into their bullet points but again their thesis was really hey you know this is this is something that uh mba uh students specifically have uh have a need for and um we should maybe the idea is like you know you should do what is successful for you know mba programs like and again it was you know the mba programs specifically have people who are helping students uh, do this so that was that was the idea so let's dive in um, really, they think that uh, a LinkedIn resume, this is kind of a soft uh, statement, should not read like a resume, right? A resume is a resume. LinkedIn profile is a LinkedIn profile. And uh, it, you know, you shouldn't, the, the two have an overlap, you know, maybe in purpose, but it, you know, the LinkedIn profile helps to give a little bit more color about, um, the kind of, uh, person, you know, job candidate you are, um, a little bit more humanizing. You get to see a picture. There's pluses and minuses there because of implicit bias based on, you know, anything that can come with the picture, but you know, it's your opportunity to bias the person towards you. So, um, there we go. That's the, my, you know, 25 minute wrap up of their thesis statement. That was a joke. So nice. you still have, <laughs> you still have 18 minutes to go. <laughs> <laughs> and Oh, by the way, I wasn't fair by just saying it's a USC's a business school. They actually talked to people at Sloan at a MIT, um, you know, a bunch of different schools. So it, it's, it's not just one place that does this, you know, which makes sense. It's, it's a need that a lot of different places have. And just a level set, John, for the listeners, are we talking about people who, went back to get their MBA after being in the workforce or went straight to the MBA after finishing school? Do you know? I do not know, but I, I don't remember all of these places have both of those student profiles, right? Gotcha. Yeah. So the, I think the opening stat was like the 92% of MBA job seekers, uh, who use social media sites, uh, used LinkedIn. So that was a interesting stat. It, it is the modern place to, to use LinkedIn. And it's in fact, you know, why we have the entire, uh, segment questionable LinkedIn <laughs> advice. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't want to call the, this advice questionable. I think we're, we are going to question it, but, um, you know, it's, it's really about critical examination. So the first thing was master the headline, right? So, uh, again, you know, this seems to be a recurring theme and, uh, a couple different, uh, articles that we've examined have all called this out, you know, that opening header section, you really want to have that, you know, stand out and really, um, I guess, uh, 
talk about who it is that you are, the type of position that you have, or what it is that you're currently looking for, and and have that really kind of jump out in that header section. So, makes sense. Section section. Uh, the second uh, bullet point was thinking about thinking about search engine optimization SEO, um, making sure that you know candidates use words in the headline and summary that will rank highly in any search. Again, a recurring theme, um, making sure that you're using words that show up well in search, uh, you know, search engine uh, searches, while at the same time not making your profile read as if it is SEO optimized only to find search engines, right? If, it, if you just pop out and then, um, you know, when a human being reads it, it's not aimed at a human being, that is a bad thing. <laughs> cloud specialist working in cloud industries, all things cloud. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Or if you're in development, maybe just lace everything with DevOps. Yeah, right. Yeah, that you know, using the buzzwords appropriately, you know, but making sure that people who you know are searching for candidates for specific types of positions you know, you have to think about the kinds of words that they're going to be filtering on and making sure that they are correctly used within your profile. Um, and then when they land on your profile, it, it's immediately obvious that you are, you know, one of the people that they should be considering, you know, either geographically or, you know, you know, about to become an MBA, you know, graduate or about to become a, a, a master's of, you know, an MS graduate or a, you know, BS graduate, you know, doesn't, doesn't matter whatever it is that they're looking for, you know, you want your profile to show up. So makes sense. Yeah. And, and these recruiters aren't just using normal LinkedIn. They are using LinkedIn for recruiters and they have special tools in addition to the normal searchability that someone like you and I might have. And they're going to look for those keywords just like they might in resumes that come through an applicant tracking system. Very true. Very true. Then LinkedIn becomes, you know, one, their applicant tracking, tracking system, right? Or one of their uh, inputs. So definitely something to keep in mind. Um, bullet point three was really interesting. Uh, customize your URL. This is something that I actually hadn't really thought about. And it's, I think, the first time that we've really seen it um, in our discussions of uh, LinkedIn or, you know, going through these articles about LinkedIn. It's something that I, I did. Um, I think, you know, mine's like J white it or something like that. Uh, not great, but you know, very specifically they say you want to be able to put something on a business card, um, and have it human readable. And that makes sense to me, you know, something in an email signature or business card, I would say, you know, if it's in an email signature, it's clickable, right? So <laughs> maybe, having it be a customized email or a customized URL is not that important, but I don't know. I'm, I don't know what to think about that. I, I like it. I mean, you do want to be careful there because you don't want it to be something like linkedin.com slash love me some thundercats 99. Mm. You know, I, I wouldn't have just like people would advise you to not use a really weird email address on your resume. Right. I would say, don't use a really weird URL here just because like you said, it, in, even that needs to look somewhat professional. Yeah, absolutely. 
yeah, you could be really into drinking uh, red wine, but you don't want it to be like, you know, LinkedIn slash red, red wine or something like that. <laughs> Maybe you're super into UV40, and but you, you probably still don't want to use that URL. I, I would be curious if anybody would like to tweet us and tell us if you are a UB40 fans fan out there, I'd love to count the number because I didn't think there were that many. It's just a curiosity I had. <laughs> it's so interesting. I listened to uh, one of my uh, new favorite podcasts is called uh, Hit Parade from Slate. And they did a whole um, segment on the UB40 getting to like, I think, number one with uh, with Red Red Wine and the history of how they did it. It was fascinating highly recommend i don't know if we're gonna put that in show notes yeah we will <laughs> why not red, even red, though red. they ripped off a neil diamond song right it was a cover of a neil, neil diamond song it was part of the story actually but they didn't know they were covering a neil diamond song they what? were covering a different cover of neil diamond yeah they were all from the same part of the uk and prevalent in that part of the country were kind of um, island reggae inspired uh, music and like this artist that was local to them covered the Neil Diamond song and they were covering him not knowing as a Neil Diamond song until they went to clear it so they nice. had never heard the Neil Diamond version now you have to put all that in the show notes just yeah. because we changed the squirrel there for a second oh it was it was a fascinating fascinating uh, fascinating discussion yeah definitely go, definitely going in the show notes highly recommend that that podcast, the bane of my existence is that it comes out every 30 days or once a month instead of like weekly. Very painful. Anyway, a good quality professional fi- picture is essential. Uh, I, I actually think that, um, you know, having a good profile picture is, is really important. And I think that, you know, having that picture reflect the type of position that you want um, is also important. So... I don't know how important it is to get it professionally taken, but I think that you do want, you know, kind of a nice headshot if you're a professional, you know, in a, you know, jack and tie or something, you know, you know, even if that's not something that you wear every day to work, it's, you know, this like, you know, signifier of professionalism. If you work in a more casual industry, um, have a profile picture that reflects what it is that you're doing in that industry, like kind of the the professional attire of that industry. I, I don't know that that's in my mind, you know, you want someone to look at your picture and immediately associate you with professionalism in the industry that they're hiring. in. That makes sense. Yeah, I think so. And you do want the picture to just be of you because this is your billboard. No one else's, you know, you don't need it to be a picture of you with your family. I mean, maybe it's a really good picture of you and you can just crop yourself out and that can be your picture but it it doesn't need to have anyone else in it but you and i agree with you you know dress for the job you want that's that's not untrue in any way shape or form and i think that if you are not dressed professionally to your industry there there might be some assumptions made there whether the person looking at your picture realizes or not i I think there are going to be some assumptions made depending on who's looking at your photo Absolutely. And, you know, in any industry, there's always, you know, training about bias and unconscious bias, but you just want to like remove any opportunity for bias. Right. So 
Um, you know, if the industry standard for your industry is a, is a hoodie and jeans, then maybe that's okay. But you know, maybe the, maybe that's not okay for every single, you know, job that you're searching for. So maybe you want to dress it up a little bit. Right. Right. And this doesn't necessarily mean if you have facial hair that you have to be completely clean shaven. Right. Don't make that assumption. Definitely. I mean, I, I have a beard. I'm not going to shave it off to take my LinkedIn photo. Number one, because my wife doesn't like that and thinks I look like a child. But number two, I don't believe that's a necessity to make me look professional. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and it might, you know, if you want to work in the Pacific Northwest, you know, maybe you need a, maybe you need a beard. I, I don't know. You know, that's man, a, I didn't know that was a requirement, John. Uh, Keep that in mind geez. if I ever move up that way. Yeah, that that's, you know, unconscious bias on my part, you know maybe uh maybe i need to rethink like my attitudes towards beards yeah talk to me in november <laughs> right okay um yeah so i think we covered pictures uh, you know that's also a recurring theme right to have a good professional picture and there's lots of opportunities to get those done it seems to be um something that i see around that like people have as a kind of cool little benefit um, for going to different events. Like, uh, I went to a Christmas party, um, this year at a, at a partner partner. And, uh, one of the things that they had was a photo booth to get a new kind of LinkedIn profile picture taken. So I definitely did that. Now, have I actually used it? Man, I need to go look for it because I, I think I took it and then immediately forgot about it. I remember at, uh, VMworld a couple years, um, there was a photo booth. Uh, maybe it was a partner exchange when that was a separate event. But um, yeah, something, you know, you, you go to places and there's an opportunity, you know. Is it still sitting in your downloads or something? Yeah, in my download folder. I think I got an email, so I'll go look for it. All right. Um, next bullet your summary should be about the future your ambitions should be clear makes absolute sense you should be crystal clear about the position that you do have um, if you are already in a position and your you know the responsibilities that you have should be clear but it also should you know state what it is that you're moving towards especially if you're searching for a new position Right. You should uh, maybe not signal that in your LinkedIn if uh, you are, you know, already gainfully employed and you're like, yeah, also looking for a position in. Yeah, maybe not such a good idea. But, you know, maybe you you put something about, you know, the other things that you do, um, you know, technical leadership. Uh, if, you know, since our our audience is a little bit more technical and in IT, you know, then maybe that's, uh, you know, something that you do or, you know, um, session speaking when you go to uh, technical conferences, you know, maybe you put that down and people start to think about you and in, in those contexts and not just what it is that you do on a, on a day to day basis. And manage your privacy settings on your profile accordingly, if you are going to make changes like that. So it doesn't flag people. Yeah. That, you know? That's one of those things that uh, I think a couple different play, you know articles. This one doesn't have it, but um, when you're making updates, you definitely want to turn off that update my uh, entire network 
you know, when I've made a change, you know, people do that, you know, if they change jobs and, you know, send, lets everybody know that you have a new job, that's great. If you're changing your profile, you know, wording or something along those lines, you know, you don't want to tell everybody that. They don't need to know. They probably don't want to know. So, Especially if you're connected to your boss, say? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. So, I, you know, again, I, I like that. I think we've had pretty good advice so far. Um, next point, avoid using standard resume language. Yeah, I, I think, you know, again, the, the article goes into this a little bit more in depth. You know, the idea being that your LinkedIn profile is a little bit more uh, deep about who you are and what it is that you do and what it is that you aspire to than a resume. So just putting, you know, pure resume language and copy pasting your resume into your LinkedIn profile is, is doing a disservice to you as an individual trying to make a step forward in your career by using LinkedIn. So something to keep in mind. Yeah, maybe don't lead with experienced IT pro looking for a new gig. <laughs> well, at least, you know, you're being honest about that. <laughs> next next point, connect only to people you know and trust. Approach dangers with care. Do not spam. So there's two parts to that. Connect only to people that you know and trust. Second part, approach strangers with care. Do not spam. Totally agree with that second point. Approach strangers with care, do not spam. Totally on board. First part, connect only to people you know and trust. The, the questionable, I, I question that, right? Um, what does the people you know mean? You know, if I, I will, I'm absolutely willing to send a LinkedIn you know, connection request to somebody who's giving a talk that I am in the audience of. And, you know, I really like what it is that they're doing. You know, something that they're saying really resonates with me. I'll definitely send them a LinkedIn request. Um, do they always accept? No. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely do not uh, limit my network building to people that I know personally. I think that that's a disservice. Yeah. And if you're doing what you just mentioned there, connecting to someone you may not know real well, or maybe you don't know them at all, but you know of them, of their reputation, you can eyeball their profile and pretty quickly get a feel for whether it's legit or it's, you know, someone just made that up to try and social engineer someone. Hmm. Yeah. That's a really interesting point. So the idea being like people are trying to, to, to capture your, uh, your information and, and leverage you somehow. I, I think that, that, that makes sense as people are, you know, sending you uh, LinkedIn requests, then, you know, it, it does make sense to be careful about who it is that you're, um, connecting with, you know, if they're connected with, you know, somebody that you know in your network, you might want to reach out that person and say, Hey, do you actually know this person? Is this a real person or is it somebody that you just blindly accepted? You know, that, that makes sense. But I, you know, I try to, to build that network, like kind of without question almost, you know, by saying, Hey, 
I want to connect with people far and wide in lots of different industries, doing lots of different things. Um, so just because, you know, if I connected to only people that I knew, um, you know, directly, uh, that, that would, that would be a problem. If I'm on a conference call with, you know, 12 people and, you know, four of them I'm not connected with on LinkedIn, I'll add them during the call if, I, if I'm not doing anything else, you know? Assuming so, the call goes well. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. If they're really angry at me, you know, or somebody, something that I represent, then maybe, maybe now's not a good time, but, um, yeah, I definitely, you know, add them to the queue of people that I want to connect with. So especially if I solve their problems, right? So if you get a LinkedIn request from John, then you'll know that he really does want to connect with you in a genuine way. And it's not just to build his following. Build a following. Yeah. It actually has nothing to do with building, building a following. It has everything to do with a build, a, building a, like a network of people that, you know, I can um, actually help. Hopefully, you know, that's, that's usually uh, maybe we need to talk about that at some point in time, you know, when you build a network, what is the goal of having the network? Is it, is your goal of having a, an extensive network for that network to help you? Or is your goal for you to be able to help that network? And, and it should be, you know, the second and in helping your network, you know, hopefully there will be, you know, a secondary effect of, of uh, help. Let's add that to the list. What's the yeah, goal of a having a network? Yeah. Aside from throughput and that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know what you mean by that. Throughput. Oh my goodness. Dead oh. joke. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Hashtag next bullet. Oh my goodness. Okay, next bullet. If you post a comment and analysis, ask experience and trusted advisor to read it first. Hmm, I don't think that I agree with this. If you post comment and analysis, ask an experienced and trusted advisor to read it first. I mean, that, I think that, you know, it maybe the central thesis, which seems to be unstated, and maybe I'm reading into this, is, you know, be careful with uh, dishing out your opinions because you might alienate people and, and you need to distinguish between professional networking and comments and personal networking and comments, you know, in your personal network on, you know, Facebook or something. Um, maybe you can joke around and, and have, you know, a jokey attitude and people can read your tone because they know you personally. Whereas LinkedIn, you know, you're broadcasting to, to, to everybody, right? Past, present, and future. So you need to be a little bit more careful. Um, there seems to be a cultural norm on on LinkedIn to be mostly encouraging, right? So if somebody says something, nine times out of ten, I see, you know, 90% positive reinforcement for somebody doing something or trying something new. Hey, good job. Uh, keep at it. You know, you'll get there, that type of thing. It's It's a little bit... So when you see somebody going... Hey, I think what you're doing is wrong, or I think you have a bad attitude about this, or I think that you're making a mistake, you know, or you should give up, you know, like those comments really, really stand out. So, um, I do think that it is important to, to calibrate 
your comments and analysis to a professional setting. You know, what you would say, you know, at a podium in a room full of people, right? Because functionally, that's what you're doing. But, yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, but to ask an experienced and trusted advisor to read every comment that you write is, it almost seems like you're saying don't comment. So maybe I don't understand what it is that's being said there. I might could see that if you're very new to LinkedIn and mm. you want to throw something out there that's different than you've ever written or an area that you're not super deep in, maybe. But like you said, that's not going to scale as a behavior that you can continue with or that someone will want you to continue with if they're the one that you're asking to read for you. Yes, yes. It's okay to be wrong. You know, like you said, you just hope that everyone commenting, including you, has the right attitude in trying to steer the person in the right direction in a... You know, you can, you can criticize people without tearing them down. Yeah. And I almost would say that, you know, the form to do that is not LinkedIn. Right. Yeah. Um, if you have a personal connection to somebody, then you can do it, you know, with like a more of a direct message. If you don't have a personal connection with somebody like you know, reconsider, you know, you know, whether it's a good idea to stand up in a room full of people and, you know, sh shout a critique at them. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, I'm certainly not perfect at this. Um, but I think I've definitely thought to myself, what is, you know, what is my goal in, in offering a critique to a stranger on the internet? <laughs> what is the upside of this? Um, if I can help somebody, you know, doing it in public, you know, is there upside in that? Is there you know, some other thing? Yeah. So there's even, you know, stuff that I'm tired of seeing on LinkedIn. And I'm like, Hey, what's the over under on somebody, uh, posting the quote about, you know, what if we train them and they leave? And what if we don't train them and they stay like, how many days go by before I see somebody repost that quote? Like, what's what's the use of me, like, directly, like, you know, commenting, commenting on somebody who, like, posts that and going, hey, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, what, what is the upside of me doing that? <laughs> Even if that's a criticism that I have. It sounds like someone's on the soapbox, if you ask oh, me. Oh, my goodness. Apparently, like, you know. You need to you step go. down, that sir. Le that leaked through, didn't it? Yeah. Maybe maybe we should just jump to the next topic to get you off your soapbox. <laughs> well, those are the main bullet points in the article. So I think it was, it's a worth a read and uh, worth uh, worth uh, reading FT.com, Financial Times. That's an interesting, uh, interesting publication. Yeah, that was an interesting article for sure. Yeah, cool. So next topic. We wanted to talk about the idea of uh, raising your impact radius, right? So how is it that we talked about this, Nick, ahead of time? You know, believe it or not, we actually do prepare. Um, we were we were actually talking about career progression within VMware, and 
you mentioned to me that you know some of the higher level positions at least on the se side the company wants you to have a higher impact radius as part of that you know and that that is taken into consideration for you to get promoted to these different higher positions and you know i i said well what if we dig into that you know you you said something about it might be good to be nerd famous before you go and speak at a conference. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. But, but really, the I think we should start with the why. Why do I want to raise my impact radius or invest in some kind of thought leadership being in the IT world? Why is that a good thing for me? Right. So, you know, here at Nerd Journey, we do talk about career right, and career progress and, and moving forward. So moving forward, you know, having a, a better version of your existing job at the current company that you work at, having, you know, a different job, um, you know, that's improved along some scale at a different company, um, a different career path within the organization that you are at, you know, all of those things are totally valid as far as, as, far as career path. And having and moving towards those things, I think, you know, raising your profile within your company, within your industry, those, you know, there's almost only benefits to that kind of thing um, when you are looking to make that next move forward. So that's, that's kind of the motivation, right? We want to um, have one of the boxes checked for when somebody checks on us to say, Hey, you know, so I am considering you for XYZ position. I'm just kind of wondering what you've done in that field. Oh, you know, I do like a, just a preliminary Google search and I see that you are a, um, semi-prominent speaker in this area that you, you know, do regional conferences and, and, you know, maybe you've even given a keynote at one of those uh, conferences and a lot of people seem to be quoting articles that you've read. Oh, you've written, you know, quoting articles that you've written, um, which by the way, I see that you've written a number of articles in this area, you know? So, you know, those types of things like all make somebody comfortable with, you know, tapping you for uh, a promotion or, uh, you know, a move forward or increased responsibility in a certain area. So, you know, that's in my mind, you know, you want to be thought of first, you know, or in the top five or in the top three, you know, right off the bat. Well, who do I know in this area? Well, you know, you know, Jim is, you know, obviously if we could get Jim, that would be great because, you know, he already speaks at these conferences and he's written, you know, several articles or blog posts and, you know, gets a ton of, uh, you know, social media, you know, feedback when he you know speaks on this topic that's kind of the thinking and i think that like you said there's not really a downside here as long as you're doing it for the right reasons and we we talk to people that we try to encourage to present at these community groups and mm -hmm. say you know you have a story to share there's something that you've done or seen that you know, describing that experience can really help someone else who is trying to find their way. And by sharing that information, you are 
you're going to make yourself better, right? Right. We talked about that in a previous podcast. When you're trying to teach something to someone else, you're going to be way more prepared than if you were just trying to do it on your own. And you're going to learn it better, remember it better. But, you know, it's it's going to make you better as an individual and a professional. It's going to give you some experience. And your employer, hopefully they appreciate the fact that you did that and that was it was probably an extracurricular activity. You know, there are certain positions at different companies that are very public facing and they want people who are thought leaders or or connected to a lot of others in the field to take those positions and and keep going. And it's not really to be nerd famous, so to speak, as it is to hopefully help other people, but also help you at the same time gain more credibility and, and just get better. Yeah, absolutely. I really, I mean, we did talk about that. Um, you know, teaching somebody else the subject that you are, you know, that, you know, helps you to actually anchor that knowledge and, and organize it and structure it better. You know, it might be something that you think is kind of obvious, but right when you need to, you know, write an article about it, write a blog post about it, give us, give a talk about it, then you need to organize it better and structure it better. And, and it helps you understand it better. I think that's a great reminder. People buy why you do things, not what you do. Simon Sinek. We'll dig into that at a later time, but that, that starting with why and, Hopefully you know what your why is to to begin down this path and and raise that impact radius. It's it's the self improvement path. You know we've talked about how career isn't just a uh, something you work on occasionally. It's something you should be mindful of constantly. And as you are getting in the routine of planning your career and looking at your next move, whether it's at your current company or at a different company raising that impact radius and doing things to to get your work out there and showcase it in a different way is only going to help you on that journey. Definitely. Definitely. So there's there's a great discussion of why you would want to do that. So how, right? I think we've talked about this already a little bit. Um but it's it's the work, right, of of actually raising your raising your uh, profile. Um, and that is, you know, it starts with engaging in community discussions. Probably that's, you know, kind of how we both got started finding a, an online community or an in-person community and, and posing questions, getting your questions answered, um, you know, helping to answer other people's questions, pointing people in, in the correct direction when, when you think, you know, uh, but I think, you know, I read this great article of a person who solved a problem almost exactly like that, those kinds of, uh, discussions, you know, so, um, and then, you know, when you do it enough, then you start to maybe have your own ideas, right. And, uh, have your own conclusions or even blog posts. I've seen blog posts that are along the lines of, I had this problem it was difficult to search out and find the solution. Here's the process that I went through, and here's the great article that so and so read, uh, wrote 
um, that, that helped me to solve this. You know, it gave me these hints, it gave me this process, I kind of tweaked it this way, and here's what I did. And, you know, that's that's perfect. You know, you, you start out doing um, blog posts that way or articles that way. It's it's all about here's the journey and the path that I took. And then pretty soon it, it can turn into here's the philosophy that I had about this and it led me to these other things. Do you find that there's this progression in your writing? I think so. But, but what I find even more interesting is that writing, doing the writing or doing the speaking helps you tell your story better. It helps you become a better communicator in those future interviews about what you've accomplished and what you can do. And like you said, you know, you're often going to start out in a new community or an area where you don't have a lot of experience by just asking questions right? or reading what other people have said in response to other people's questions. And then you start to maybe tinker with the technology a bit more or think about it on your own a bit more and begin to, to contribute. Like you said, have your own ideas. There's a definite progression there and you're going to gain confidence, you know, by just asking the questions and having people give you feedback and answers in a non-threatening way. You know, have you thought about this? Maybe you should do it this way. You're going to develop some, some pattern matching skills, if you will, to the different types of problems that are out there. You know, we, you and I've talked about that before and you're going to, if someone helps you enough, I think that you're intrinsically going to want to try to help other people in the same way that you received the help when you were starting out. Yeah. Yeah. I have noticed that when I read super helpful people, like when I read enough of the help that they give, I start to get an insight into how their brains are working in solving those problems right? The questions that they ask to help diagnose issues, um, you know, those, those become repeating patterns. And I go, Oh, I see they're diagnosing this way, you know, by asking these questions. And then it's almost like you get an insight into their philosophy or the, their thinking, right? And then you go, wait, why don't I think that way? You know, and maybe I can make an effort to think the way this person is thinking. Or maybe I disagree with the way that person is thinking, and here's the reasons why, <laughs> you know. But um, uh, you know, that's all done by participating long term, right? Oh yeah, and there are few greater feelings than when someone comes up and thanks you for an article you wrote or some advice you gave them, you know, years ago, and it it really paid off. It and help them solve a big problem and, you know, got them on better terms with the company or encourage them to get a new job, whatever it is, it, it makes you feel really good. It gives you that sense of accomplishment that maybe just solving a problem or two in your normal job just can't do. And it's not that you were seeking for a bunch of people to love you and adore you, but you just kind of wanted to know that you were able to help someone. Like I told you, I, I do, go and check my blog analytics on articles and it's not because I'm trying to be nerd famous. It's more of a, okay, did people like that style of article because it was less technical or because it was more technical? Are people finding this valuable? Am I gaining more visitors? Do I need to, to write on different things, you know, and 
And if you're out there wondering, well, should I blog? Should I speak at events? Should I make video content? Well, the only way to know is you can get started, <laughs> <laughs> right? Just, just start. Yeah, there, absolutely. There's a great data knots episode on the trials and tribulations of technical blogging that I probably listened to five to 10 times around the same time that you encourage me to start blogging. And, you know, there's a, there was actually a really good virtually speaking podcast about blogging and blogger advice. And they had one about speaker tips for, for VMUG and, and other things too. And maybe, you know, maybe you're a wizard at, at video content and screen capture how to's that's a, that's another way to do it. Yeah. If but again, the why great. has to be there. Yeah, if you're already great at, at writing documentation, I was going to say, then that can translate to uh, blogging pretty well. Absolutely. Just scrub your screenshots. <laughs> <laughs> always, always. Very cool. So um, I think that is uh, how we're going to end that segment. Um, raising your impact radius, investing and becoming a thought leader um, on whatever scale, right? Small, local, medium, regional, larger, national, larger, still international, um, all always a benefit. You know, it's a, it's a time investment. It's a skills investment. It's, you know, all those things, but you know, uh, definitely can pay off. Yes, indeed. Okay. I think that's all we had for that segment and also all the topics we had planned. Anything else pop into your mind while we were talking? A lot of things, but I'll just let it go for now. <laughs> okay. Just a reminder that we definitely want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you might be listening. We want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter at Nerd Journey. Excellent. Uh, farewell, listeners. Tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White at VJourneyman for Nick Cordy at NetworkNerd underscore signing off. Adios.